the way our daily hours, the minutes of our nine to five jobs or nine to whatever jobs, having those things turned upside down is giving us the opportunity to give either our families or ourselves or our creative projects or the other things we do when we're not working, the prime attention. I I just can only think that's a good thing. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent, the place driven women come to elevate their career, health, and relationships. In here, we increase your productivity by replacing always being busy with the space to breathe. Hear your own wisdom and be part of a sisterhood that has your back. My name is Carly Fain, and together we're going to make sure that you have a doable plan and the roots to rise. Well, welcome back to Messy and Magnificent. It's your gal, Carly, and this is a very special episode. So you might have heard on recent episodes that we have reached over 10,000 listeners all over the world. And for us, this is quite the accomplishment, having just launched our podcast less than a year ago. So we reached out to you and said, how are we going to celebrate this with you? What could we do? And the overwhelming response was, we've got to do another podcast pajama party. And so last week, that was exactly what we did. We sent out the call, the invitation to everybody who listens in, and we had women from around the world join me and some of our other podcast guests for a super cozy, nourishing hour together to refill our professional cups. And I got to point out, when I say that it was one hour together, it was literally that. It was 60 minutes together. But within that hour, I mean, heck, within the first 10 minutes, women were sharing immensely powerful experiences. They were opening up to offer some of the wisdom they've gleaned over the past six months, or for some of them, decades in running their own businesses and careers. They talked about the good things that they've gleaned in the past six months, the places where they have found unexpected meaning or success that maybe they didn't see coming, especially during a time of COVID. And they also talked about the challenging things that they're still up against. And I realized, even though it wasn't our intention going into it, that it was going to be important to share parts of this pajama party with you for two reasons. They're both related to this. I am aware as a professional who coaches primarily women who run their own careers or their own businesses, that the methods of colonialism and capitalism gone awry and the patriarchy have handed us some myths. And there are some particularly limiting myths that really restrict the professional growth of driven women. Myth number one is that we can't trust our own bodies. And it's just not True. Women who thrive in our modern economy understand that within our body is an entire source of intelligence. There is wisdom and information that can guide us. And this was a tremendous reoccurring theme during the podcast pajama party. Women were sharing stories of their own knowing and how they can feel what's true within their body. And then some very candid, sometimes downright laugh out loud moments where we talk about the difference between when we do 
And we don't listen to that truth. Because just because sometimes we can feel what's true doesn't mean we always listen to it, right? So I want you to hear some of these stories of professional women and the times they have and haven't listened to their knowing. And then what happened? One woman shared what happened when she was proposed to and knew it wasn't the right marriage for her and what came out of her mouth in that moment. And another shared how after listening to the episode we did with Susie Banks-Baum about tapping into your own knowing, she used her body's wisdom to help make the decision when she was house shopping for a new home for her and her family and how it made everything else easier in that decision and how happy she is now in her new home. So myth number one is that we can't trust our own bodies. The truth is that we can, and I want you to have some real life examples of what that can look like. And the other myth that has been handed to us is that we have to figure everything out on our own. You know, more and more I am realizing that the sense of ultra-independence that a lot of us driven women have, it's really a trauma response to being taught over and over again that we will not be fully supported if we ask for what we need or if we are who we actually are. And so it takes an immense amount of courage to be willing to be vulnerable enough for any high-achieving woman to stop going it alone and to learn how to delegate or how to be in community with other people who will inspire you so that you don't have to be the most inspiring person in the room all the time. And I have conversations like this every single week with all sorts of really career-motivated women. In fact, just last week, I had a conversation with a wonderful client who lives in the city who's been running her own company for years, and she's just to the point of extreme exhaustion. She has a team of 18 people who rely on her to uplift them every single day. And the small times where she has taken breaks from the business, gone on a small sabbatical or taken a vacation, she comes back to everything having fallen apart because she hasn't taught her team how to be as self-sufficient as she is yet. I want you to have the sense of having the arms of our messy and magnificent community wrapped around you so that you can hear what it sounds like when women who get it have your back. Oh, and we did this super cool culmination exercise during the pajama party, and I have a beautiful handout that goes along with it that you can print out totally for free and use it as this really pretty spot to go through this exercise. So you can find the link to access that anywhere where the show notes are. So wherever you're listening in right now, just go to the show notes that go along with this podcast or head on over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast and look for episode 48. And anything else that I mentioned during our pajama party, we have links to that in the show notes too, including the links for how to connect with some of the podcast guests that joined us live. So before I switch over so that you can hear the episode, I just want to give a shout out to everyone in our community that continues to show up. Whether you show up by listening to these episodes and implementing what you learn in your real world, or if you were there live with us at this podcast pajama party, know that I really value your voice and the ways you dare to live so fully into who you are meant to be. So here we are arriving to gather our wits and wisdom. And I can't think of a better thing for us women to be doing right about now. I want to tell you that yesterday, my mom and two of her dear friends 
Connie and Barbara got in their kayaks and they paddled out to the middle of the reservoir to do a ceremony in honor of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And they paddled out there and they shared their gratitude about what Ruth has done for all of us. The rights and the opportunities that we get as a result of the way she has shown up in the world with such a fierce and consistent heart. And they shared stories and they threw petals in the water and they watched them float. And she was recalling the story to me last night when we were talking and I'm reminded that we are those petals now. We have the opportunity to continue the work that has been done before us, the justice that Ruth Bader Ginsburg has brought to us and the justice that has not been served. For example, the verdict that happened in the Breonna Taylor case yesterday. We have work to do and we're showing up here together and that's powerful. And it's important, I think of from the field of positive psychology, Maria taught me about the concept of P plus M equals T, which stands for pleasure plus meaning equals thriving. And in the field of coaching, we have a similar equation. We look at S plus F equals T, which stands for success plus fulfillment equals thriving. And this is based on a lot of research that's been done. And we find that people who have lots of meaning but not pleasure. People who have tons of fulfillment, but don't get to reap the benefit of any success have a hard time sustaining that. And the same as vice versa. And I can tell you that for every time I've been on a jet at 30,000 feet with some famous client who's telling me how unhappy they are with their life while their chef is cooking a meal in the back and somebody else is ironing their clothes and arranging you know, the, the vans for when we land or the SUVs to take us to the venue that we can't do just pleasure or just meaning. We're made to do both. And so we have work to do and we have joy to do. And tonight we're going to do a little bit of each, mostly the joy. <laughs> we're going to do a little bit of playful work too, because I want to make sure you walk away from this experience a little bit clearer about who you are and with at least one less thing on your plate. So raise your hand if you're game for having one less obligation to do right about now. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> so we're in, we're in the right space. So we're going to have some fun and we're also going to have lots of room for conversation. We're going to do our version of games, which aren't like the corny games, but we're going to have a little bit of fun. And I've got some surprises for you. So you need to get up, stretch, walk around, readjust. You do that as needed. Make sure that this is your opportunity to be really, really comfortable. So I want to start with just giving a quick shout out to some of our, our guests. And Teresa, I see that you joined us. I'm so glad that you're here. But we have some guests that have been on the podcast in the room. And it's not every day that we get to meet our heroes in their pajamas. <clears throat> I'm just going to go in order of, of when their episodes came out. But we've got Maria Sterwa here. And Maria did a beautiful episode on how to have some ease during full times. We're so glad that you're here. I think we've got Dana's going to be joining us soon. Dana did the podcast episode about building the habit of courage, how to stop doing what drains you. That was a really powerful episode. We've also got Ginny here, who, in addition to being our podcast producer, was kind enough to be a guest. And she did an episode on how to find your voice and share it with the world, especially if other people disagree with you or don't get you. That was a really good episode. Lakshmi's here. And Lakshmi did a beautiful episode about listening to the voice within you and how she started her company, what, 40 years ago, um, and then is reinventing it now. 
extraordinary episode. And then we've got Siobhan here. Siobhan, raise your hand. She did a beautiful conversation with us about how self-sacrifice is not the future of business or medicine. Siobhan has been working on the COVID floor for the past six months. So if there's anybody you want to send some love to, it's our woman Siobhan here. And to everybody else who's on the front lines, by golly, we appreciate you. Let me know how we can keep supporting you. And then last and never least, Susie Banksbaum is here. Hey, Susie. (laughs) Dear, important friend of mine. And she did an episode on trusting your own knowing, or as Susie calls it, your holy knowing, and how to elevate from doubt back into knowing what your steps are. And I've got to tell you, before we gather tonight, I did a quick scan to look at which episodes have been popular. And I'm noticing a theme, and I'd be really curious to get your feedback on this. But the episodes that are the most popular are the episodes about trusting your own gut, about listening to your own voice, about hearing what your body's telling you, and then doing something with that. And it's beautiful to watch this be the theme. It sounds like this is what we're ready for. We're ready to start acting upon what we know to be true, to figure out what works for us, and then to live into that. So with that in mind, I want to give you an opportunity to do something a little bit playful, a little bit fun. We do this thing at the end of every episode. We call it the two-way Q&A, where we ask our guests two questions, and they have an opportunity to ask the audience a question. And this first question has quickly become one of our most popular questions, and I want to treat you like a guest on the show. And for those of you who who have been a guest, you might have a different answer right now. This first question comes to us from Susie Banksbaum's daughter, Catherine, actually. Here's the question. If you came with a warning label, what might it say? Oh, Maria. <laughs> Maria says run deep. And then V says, we'll curse. Maria, that could be yours also. You could <laughs> you drop some bombs. Ginny says, warning, there's no mute button. Charlene might love you too much. Siobhan will not fit into any box. Susie, be prepared to pause. Millie, don't underestimate me. Lara, flammable. Lakshmi, handle with care. Meredith feels all the feels and proud of it. And Mary is a protective mother hen. I love hearing these. We'll speak the truth. So I encourage you tonight in this space, to feel like you can share exactly what you want to feel exactly as you are. Sarah, <laughs> we'll prioritize naps. Heck yeah, I would hope so. And feel free to type one in for Jane too. I know you guys are sharing a computer. What about you, Carly? What about you? Ooh, we'll say the thing that needs to be said. And I'll resist it for a while too sometimes. (laughs) And eventually I will say the thing that needs to be said. So with that in mind, I want to know, I'd love to hear the voice, your voice. If you've listened to an episode, And maybe you've heard a concept or an idea that stuck with you. What might it be? Feel free to raise your hand or just unmute yourself and jump in. But once one idea or something that stuck with you, a thought, a phrase, a concept. The one thing that stuck with me the most was to take the time and breathe. Take the time and breathe. So what does that look like in your world? How does that look in real life for you? Right now, ever since COVID, I've actually been taking the time to just stop. I make time for myself every day now. It's like, um, I remember one comment you had made about 
taking time for yourself. And I told you I was going to take my lunch break from now on. And that's exactly what I've been doing. I take those 30 minutes every day. I take the first five to do a little bit of journaling or just a little thinking to myself. I make sure I get nourished and drink something before I jump back in. Because if I don't, the whole day will go by and I'll just be like worn out at the end of the day. This is huge. So what's happened since you started doing this? Now that you get a proper lunch break, is anything shifted? What are you noticing? My attitude. My attitude has really, really changed because now I think more of myself and not more of others first. So it's kind of making me realize before I say yes, think about that. Do you really want to take that step? <laughs> and then I, sometimes I sit back, I'm like, nope. And I just answer, nope, can't do it. <laughs> nope, can't do it. That's a great mantra. Nope, not for me. Can't do it. So it sounds like, tell me if I'm getting this right, but it sounds like you're switching from being reactionary to consciously making decisions based on what works for you. Yes. Is that right? Absolutely. Ooh, snaps to you, Sabrina. And thank you for sharing that. That's a big, that's a big deal. Can somebody tell me something that you just heard Sabrina say? What stood out? I want to hear her words reflected back. What did you notice? And welcome, Cindy. I see you. <laughs> what did you hear Sabrina say? I loved what she said about if she doesn't do it, the whole day will pass. Mm. The whole day can pass and you can forget about yourself. So I love, I really love the idea that Sabrina is actually doing that for herself. That's the best thing I got from it is that feeling of like, yay, yay, yay. <laughs> oh, somebody else. What did you hear Sabrina say? Or what's one part that you noticed? I know, Sabrina, the last time we had a podcast pajama party, Sabrina was here and she announced that she was leaving her job. And that was a huge, a huge step. And so to hear, Sabrina, that you gather with us and then you walk the talk. We talk about things and then you live into it is really powerful to witness. And I'm grateful to be in community with you. I want to hear from somebody else. What's a concept from an episode that you remember or something that stands out for you? Uh, Ginny typed one in, using and instead of but. Using and instead of but. Ginny, what does that look like in your world to use and instead of but? Can you explain what that means? This is my Ginny version of it, Carly. You're far more eloquent at saying it. But um, my version is when you put the word but in, you kind of overwrite everything before that. So if you're feeling a certain way, but you understand it kind of derails or dis doesn't acknowledge how you've been feeling before. So you can feel both things because we can hold space to feel all the things like Meredith said. So you can feel happy and exhausted. It's um, acknowledging kind of both ends. So how that's helped me is to kind of acknowledge how I'm feeling both ways. And it's a game changer because even when I try to say, but, and just comes out now, Carly, and that was one of your first episodes too. So it's been a practice that I've been putting in. So the ands are great. The and. Thank you for that, Ginny. It looks like Meg is seconding that. She's saying and instead of but. You're getting a few seconds. So what Ginny's mentioning is our first episode. Our, this is why we called the show Messy and Magnificent. Is that we understand that we as human women are whole beings. And there is no such thing as just the I don't know, boss you, coworker you, grocery shopper you, friend you, sister you, spouse you, you know, whatever version of you, that we're not these individual things, that we're all of it. 
And that in allowing ourselves to see the fullness of who we are, we might not feel as fragmented. We might not feel like our energy is split in as many directions because it's unified within us. And so, Ginny, you explained that beautifully, that switching from I'm feeling this, but to I'm feeling this and gives room for all that we are in in one space. And that's powerful. Thank you for that. All right. Give me one more thing and then we're going to switch to something else because I have something fun planned for us tonight. Give me one more thing that you've heard on an episode that stood out to you or that you've carried with you. Maybe you've taken action on it, or maybe you just thought about it. So Carly and Maria, I attended your workshop at Kripalu two years ago and have been struggling with some really important decisions that affect me and my family. You know, COVID just brought a lot of things out to the forefront. And I will say that the episode where you and Susie, Carly, talked about the holy knowing was so powerful for me because it tied together so many of the things that we had learned in the workshop. And it was just really just to think about it, how your physical body and just all parts of ourselves need to participate in those really important decisions um, was really helpful. So thank you. I am so glad to hear that. Can you give us, if you're comfortable, a small example of like, what's one holy knowing that you have? What's one piece of information that you're aware is true for you right now? So a small piece of it was moving to a new living space and searching for a living space. I live in Massachusetts. Nothing's perfect, right? You're always going to have some quirks. And I approached it so differently. And just to be able to make that decision with my whole, you know, my body and like all of my wisdom made it, it was so clear that this living space that I'm in now just was right. And other ones were just not right. And it was such a more, a simpler decision than it would have been in the past, I think. (sighs) What does it feel like physically in your body when something's right? Like, how do you, how do you physically feel that, Cindy? Um, You know, I felt relaxed and sort of at peace and just, you know, a calmness, but also a joy that was kind of bubbling up. Like I could picture this was really going to work. Whereas with the situations that were not going to work, I felt tense. I felt nervous, you know, images kept coming back about the things that might go wrong. And um, it's just something just felt not right. And the images that Susie and you had shared on the podcast really were helping me to think about, okay, which, which scenario is this? (laughs) So, yeah. I love hearing how you know, like what it physically feels like in your body, because we're all a little bit different. But I watched like a number of heads nod when you said, I just felt more relaxed. I just felt more relaxed in my body when it felt right. Susie, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but since you happen to be here, for anybody who didn't hear that episode, Susie knows how to do it upright too. She knows how to be at a pajama party. (laughs) So impressed. Could you explain when you say holy knowing? What are you referring to? First off, Cindy, I just want to acknowledge you for trusting yourself because your breathing changed as you described. And when you were describing, when Carly asked you how it felt in your body, you breathed, you breathed in a way that was like, oh yeah. For me, my understanding or my interpretation or my, the way I describe holy knowing is your entire self is included and that holy knowing resides within you, inside of your body. It enjoys your head, but it is not your head. 
It is your heart, your gut. It is all of the experiences that you've lived up to this moment that contribute to a sense of, like, you know what it feels like to walk down the back stairs of the stair of the house that you live in. You know which step is a little longer, which is a little shorter. Like, it's a sense of such deep trust in your lived experience up to this moment being guided and full of the sacred. I don't know if that says it exactly for you right now, but it, you know, Cindy really modeled it right there. You know, it's not like Goldilocks, you know, trying on the beds. Oh, this is right. This is right. This is wrong, wrong, wrong. But I mean, maybe in a way it's like Goldilocks in the sense that you have come, when you come to trust the voice inside you, the knowing inside you that so much wants the five minutes that Sabrina was describing earlier, those five minutes that make her know she's been accounted for, for, you know, she, her holy knowing has taken, taken seat for a while in those five minutes of her day and that fuels her for the day. Cindy's holy knowing allowed her to make a decision that she's so happy with and joy ripples out from that. We often, I think, know holy knowing by what it's not all the places we've made decisions from our head or for other people. And that's, that's all. <laughs> well, you know, you know, I mean, you all, you all inhabit it, you know. When you say that's all, I laugh, Susie, because that's all. And that's everything. And that's everything. And I'm watching Maria was reflecting back some of your words. She says your entire self is included. A deep trust in your own lived experience. Sabrina said yes to the sacred. Meredith, I love what you said here. I experience it as an opening feeling or closing feeling, that expansiveness or that contraction, right? Opening or feeling. I love all of that. Okay. So we're going to do a signature messy and magnificent move, which is we're going to go off script for a moment because something just arrived in the room. I think we've dropped into a concept here and I'm curious. I want to hear from, from somebody else. What does it feel like in your body when something's right? How do you know? So I love the way Cindy described it. And maybe you have similar adjectives. But if you're, if you're comfortable sharing, I would love to hear from somebody. How do you know when something's right or when it's not right? What does it physically feel like in your body? Maria, <laughs> the opposite of nausea. <laughs> Whatever the opposite of nausea is sounds good to me. Yeah. I come up from a family of people. We get seasick just looking at checker patterns. Like, forget about being on an actual boat. Like, just looking at checks. I, we weren't allowed to wear checker patterns growing up because the whole family would get nauseous. Like, we can't, we can't anything to avoid nausea. V I, says, I feel more settled in my own skin. Go ahead, Maria. I'm remembering Susie. I was, um, someone proposed to me when I was 21 and I wanted to throw up in that, like, I felt like throwing up and I, and out of my mouth came, yes. And, that's a clue. Like if you feel like throwing up, it's probably not a yes. So you brought me right back to one of the worst moments I have ever, boundaries I've ever crossed on my own doing. And yet one of the great learnings. What was really powerful about that episode too, Susie, was Susie shared about our holy knowing and then about all the ways we circumvent that knowing all the phrases that pop up. And I still think of some of those phrases, Susie, as, well, just this one time, it's okay. Or that's not really true in this case. You know, and all the ways that we know something and then we pile on ways to circumvent that. 
Um, and Maria, yours was so knee jerk, I, you know, nauseous and yes, <laughs> and yes, <laughs> and yes, yeah, 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 yeah. We're so wired for it, Carly. We're so, you know, this learning, the silencing of women and the patriarchy is ancient. It's in ourselves. So we don't even know that we're doing it. We think we're doing what's, what's best. That's right. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes. Did anybody hear the episode with Dr. Valerie Rain on the patriarchy stress disorder? <laughs> Charlene's hand. Okay. Charlene, what stood out to you about that episode? I just listened to it today. <laughs> there we go. So you're fresh. Yeah. I listened to it this morning and all day I thought about like the prison guard thing. Like, you know, is that really what I think or is there something that's holding me back? You know, is it really a knowing or is it some part of my brain that's trying to protect some, me from something that it doesn't really need to protect me from at this point? But yeah. that... I don't know. I like the visualization of just thinking about like this prison guard that's trying to kind of stop me from doing something because of trauma that isn't even mine, I guess. Yeah. So what Charlene's referring to for anybody who didn't hear that episode is Dr. Valerie Rain has done a lot of research specifically with women. She's a psychologist and she's noticed this phenomenon that she's called the patriarchy stress disorder. And she explains how we talked specifically on the episode about two types of trauma. There's the trauma of our own lived experience. And I operate from a belief, and you can tell me what you believe. I operate from a belief that if you are a human woman living on planet Earth, you have experienced trauma in your lifetime. That this is part of what it's like to be a human woman on Earth right now. And that might be big capital T trauma, something big that happened to you, or it might be the consistent little traumas, the little things of, you know, don't make a fuss. You're being selfish. You're asking for too much. Who do you think you are? Don't dress like that. Well, you've got to dress like this. All the little, they're repetitive. And so we talked about those types of traumas. And then she also talked about the epigenetics of trauma and how we now understand that within our DNA is a coding of past traumas that have happened to the people who have come before us. And this came out in a study they did with um, mice and cherry blossoms. And what they did was they had a, a whole bunch of mice and they would give them the scent of a cherry blossom. And at the same time they did that, they gave them a small electrical shock, not enough to cause real harm, but enough to be very uncomfortable. And they did that again and again and again. And so it got to the point where when the mice would smell cherry blossom, they would seize up, they would freeze because they were awaiting pain, even if no actual pain came. And as they studied the children and then the grandchildren and then the grandchildren of those mice who had never experienced electric shock, those mice who smelled cherry blossoms seized up in fear. And that began the part of study, which has gotten a lot more involved since then, where we're starting to understand that things can be carried within us and can be stored that may or may not be ours. And so it's a protective mechanism to keep ourselves safe. Charlene's talking about these prison guards that live within us, within our nervous system, that sense that if we as women might be heard or seen or exposed or vulnerable, that something might shut us down, right? We within ourselves might shut down with the intention of protecting ourselves, regardless of whether or not we actually need to be protected, right? And that often shows up as things like, who am I to be doing this? Why can't I just be grateful for what I have? Why am I trying to go for more? Having dreams and goals and not quite living into them, finding ways to self-sabotage, maybe getting sick every time you have a good idea or every time it's time for a breakthrough. Um, it shows up in all these different ways and um, it's fascinating. I think that episode was really beautiful way to extend some grace too, 
to realize that we might be working with our own stuff and we might be working with stuff that's been handed to us. And she gave some great solutions for that in her book. Yeah. Anybody else hear that episode? Meredith, you said, I had a few experiences lately where I stood up for my needs. The shift and release afterward felt like I had just changed a pattern that was generations old. Wow. Wow, Meredith. Oh, and you're getting some love. <laughs> yeah, getting some claps and some beautiful and some beautiful feedback. So with that in mind, I thought we would do um, a really simple, sweet, beautiful exercise. This happens to be the time of fall equinox, which for a lot of cultures is actually the start of a new year. And I know a lot of us could probably be due for a fresh, clean slate, right? We've been through a lot in the last year, and now is a beautiful opportunity to do what we talk about a lot in Messy and Magnificent, culminate, right? To dare to pause and reflect on what just happened and extract out the good stuff and then also let go of what's no longer working. And so if you've got a blank piece of paper nearby, grab it. You don't need anything fancy for this one. And this is something... Um, Susie, you, I think, originally taught me this, what we're going to do. So you're going to grab your blank piece of paper and a pen or a pencil, something to write with. And I'm going to have you draw four quadrants. So we're drawing a line from top to bottom and left to right. And some women who have completed the Reclaiming Time studio, you're going to recognize this. So I cannot wait to see if it's different and what comes out today. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to label each of these quadrants in the following ways, in no particular order. The first one, we're going to label keep, key or K-E-E-P, as in I'm keeping this, I'm holding on to this. The next one, we're going to label toss, T-O-S-S, as in toss, I'm tossing this out, I'm letting it go, getting rid of this. The next one, we're going to label add, A-D-D, as in I'm welcoming this in, I'm including this with me. And the last one we're going to label bless, B-L-E-S-S, as in I'm wishing this well. And we're going to look at just the past six months, because I think for the, many of us, the past six months was also six years, right? We've had the opportunity to rapidly learn a lot of things. And so as we think about the past six months together, take a moment and consider what are one or two, maybe three things you've learned that you want to keep, they've been good. You want to include them in your days moving forward. Might be an activity you started doing, it might be a thought you're having. What is something that you've picked up in the last six months that you wanna to continue to nurture? And we're gonna write this down in our keep quadrant. And I'd love to hear from somebody. You don't have to give a full long explanation, but just the, the highlight, what is one thing that you're gonna keep, that maybe you've picked up in the last six months, that's good for you. I would say self-consideration. Self-consideration, Sabrina, coming in hot, yeah. V wrote one in, she said, embracing the seasons and the sense of cozy. And Meg said, continuing to learn to trust my gut. Yeah, Meg. Lakshmi, what's yours? What's one thing you're gonna keep? My brain. <laughs> yeah, what do you mean when you say my brain? Well, you know, I see changes with my brain. And so the yoga that I do, the brain dance and satanama, I know I've got to do it more. So I, I, I need to keep my brain. I'm 71 years old, you know. I'm not a young chickie anymore. 
Yeah. So you're keeping what's what's working well for your brain. Yeah. Ah. Feeding it, feeding it. Feeding my brain. I love that Lakshmi. Mm. Martina said, getting more sleep. It feels amazing. Amen to that. Lara, sanity. Yeah, if you've picked up any sanity right now, hold on to that, right? Well, we do what we need to do to hold on to that sanity right now. I'm curious, Lara, what gives you sanity right now? Where do you go for a, a dash of sanity these days? I come home to my kids, <laughs> to my baby, my grandchildren. They keep me sane because they keep me laughing all day long. And they just give me so much joy. So when I have a stressful day at work, or anywhere else, all I need to do is come home and to see their faces. So, <sighs> so sanity is in the faces of your grandbabies. Yeah. And that's that joy thing we were talking about earlier, right? That's there. I've got the meaning and I need the joy too. I need both. Meredith said, expressing deep appreciation for those around me. A quick email or a flower, a little slash big thing. Yeah. Reading every day, Sarah. Way to go reading every day. And Millie, listening to my own voice. Charlene, more in nature. Okay, so we picked up some good things in the last six months. This is worth acknowledging. Martina, you mentioned that yesterday we were in conversation and you mentioned, as we looked upon, you know, the last year, that there's been good. (laughs) Like, it's easy to think about 2020 as the year everything hit the fan and how terrible it is. And you put your toes in the pond of, of what's good, too. Absolutely. It, it sort of surprised me when we did a similar um, exercise just yesterday. Yeah. So let's look at the flip side of this. What are you done with? <laughs> We're going to head on over to our toss pile. What served its time or its purpose or its function? And you're moving on. What's one or two things you're ready to toss that you don't need to keep in your bag as you journey forward? Right. couple down. And I'd love to hear, this is where we can often get inspired by each other. I want to hear what you're letting go of. Sabrina said, overbooking my schedule. Lara said, fear and anxiety. Ready to toss that. Mm -hmm. Friendships that are lukewarm, said Maria. Friendships, ooh, there's some nods in the room. Friendships that are lukewarm. Playing small, self-doubt. Living life based on other people's expectations or timing, says Sarah. Yeah. V says the ridiculous idea that I can control my family. Anybody here raise your hand if you've ever had success controlling your family? Because I want to talk to you if you have. I haven't. I haven't been successful in that either. Yeah, <laughs> that has not, not been a success. Lara can speak to that. We, we share DNA. <laughs> We're uncontrollable. Maria said the belief that I should be less something. And Meg said reacting before taking a breath first. Ooh. Yeah, Meg, there's that daring to pause we talk about a lot. Meredith said, having no personal space. Yeah, personal space matters. And for some of us, we have to be really intentional about that right now if we're suddenly home a lot more. Yeah. As we think about what you're going to toss, I encourage you to consider, you know, when we hang up, one actionable way you might do that. So if we have a broad thing that we're tossing, something like fear and anxiety, that's a big concept. We want to think specifically about one doable way we can do that. One is where does one place fear or anxiety is showing up and what would 3% less of that look like? Or what would need to happen for there to be 3% less fear and anxiety? We want to take some of these big things and make them doable so that we begin to live into them. Yeah. And Marie's doubling down on what Jane said. (laughs) Yep. 
So let's think about what we need. What's not happening that we might add in moving forward? Let's go to that add quadrant. What might you add in? Meaning, what are you welcoming in moving forward? What would you like to experience next? Jot down one or two or three of those. And then I'd love to hear your voices this time. And do feel free to type them in the comments too. But if somebody's willing to share your voice, I'd love to hear one thing that you're welcoming in. Hey, Christy, what you got? So I must, I, I'm going to have to say it because I wrote sleep down twice um, <laughs> as one and two. So I think that's a sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you spot a theme, that's a sign. <laughs> so I'm adding in sleep. So this is a great example of a big concept that we can consider making actionable. What would it look like to add in more sleep right now? How could that be? So for me, it would be going to bed at a particular time. For me, it would be 10 o'clock, turning the TV off at nine o'clock. So I have that hour of like transition time into sleep. Room to digest before bed. Yeah. Transition time. I love how quickly you made that actionable, Christy. Like the first step is nine o'clock, I turn off the TV. Like that's the win in the beginning of reclaiming sleep. Sabrina just gave you a big heart <laughs> for that. Somebody else, what else are we adding in right now? Meg said more self-love. Sabrina, more self-empowerment. Sarah said weekends and time away from work and social media. Mm. Yeah. Adventure says the, hey, Lisa. What might you add in? What are you welcoming in in this next phase? Quality time. I think this whole pandemic has made me realize that I don't have to stay busy. Tell me more about that. How does that realization coming about that you don't have to stay busy? Well, when you're forced to stay home and have no place to go and all your meetings that you thought were important or that you thought you had to do are canceled. I'm kind of liking that what I call spare time now. And I want to keep that because it's becoming quality time for me. That's beautiful. So what, what might you do during quality time? Like what could quality time look like? Is it total? Is there anything specific or is it just the act of having space? It's partly the act of having space. It's the time now that I can get back to reading, which I love to do. And just time to sit and take in the scene going around me, you know, just relaxing. Or it could be napping. <laughs> Christy, you've got a sleep sister over here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I never had time for naps before because I was always so busy or thought I was busy. I had to do this. You know, you work nine, 10 hour days, come home, you do this, you do that. You have to do this and you go here, go there and all my meetings. And, you know, I think the biggest thing was I realized doing the shutdown where I wasn't able to go to my meetings that I actually reached out to my sisters and asked them for help. And I took a five week sabbatical where I did not have to attend or get on Zoom because everything's Zoom now right. um, and plan a topic or whatever needed to be done. And that just freed up. I mean, it was only an hour, but that freed up that hour on Wednesday nights that I could take care of myself. So I had learned a big lesson for me was learning some self-care. 
And it sounds like self-care, like having that quality time, that space was your pathway into self-care. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Susie. Yeah. Were you just, were you just giving her some love or were you going to say something? No, I have a question about that just for the group. And based on what you just said, Lisa, and just Carly, I, we don't have to address this, but I just, I'm really interested in for all of us because our daytimes have been so much our work times, unless you work a night shift, but your working hours and the jarring change that we've all experienced. And the fact that Lisa, like that sweetness is like, for me, I wonder if it's your attention, like your ripest, brilliant mind, rested brain attention is not on a traffic jam, first meetings, messages, emails, inbox, outbox, all of that. But it's actually, oh, I can think about myself for a little bit. Like, I just, I wonder, it just feels to me like that is a continental shift that attention, the way our daily hours, the minutes of our nine to five jobs or nine to whatever jobs, having those things turned upside down is giving us the opportunity to give either our families or ourselves or our creative projects or the other things we do when we're not working the prime attention. I I just can only think that's a good thing. We have this metaphor we talk about sometime in the Reclaiming Time studio, this idea of giving ourselves a seat at the table of our own lives and how many of us are inadvertently eating the crumbs of the leftover meal over the kitchen sink while after we've given everybody a seat at the table, you know, we've made sure everybody else has got someplace to sit. They've got something to drink their, you know, their plate is full. They've been welcomed in metaphorically. And then here we are over the kitchen sink. And I think of Lara, our grandma, right? Who is the best hostess in the world and the, and the matriarch of our family and how we'd be like begging her to come sit down with us because she was running around, you know, making the meal. And so this opportunity to not have to live off the crumbs at the end of the day for that energy, you know, to be given to what we care about or what gives us life rather than trying to make a life out of what's left over at the scraps, you know, at the end, at the end of the meal. Yeah. Oh, so let's move to the fourth quadrant. Bless. And when I say bless, I just mean this is something you're wishing well. Something that you would like to see goodness happen around. So, for example, I'm, um, I'm house shopping right now. I don't have full control over what house will be available. Cindy, I hear you. Right? Like, I know what town I want to be in, and I don't get to decide what house goes on the market when. So I'm blessing that process. I'm blessing my new home. I wish that endeavor well. So maybe there's a project you're working on or a person or yourself. What's something you're sending good wishes towards right now? And then I'd love to hear from somebody else. And I have a belief that when we share what we're blessing with other people, it's kind of like greases the wheels to heaven or to mother nature or universe or whatever it is, right? To our highest selves, whatever it is we believe in. So this is a good space to share. You might catch a little extra mojo on your wishes (laughs) as you're blessing them. Maria's blessing her future self. Moving back to Hawaii, which Maria, you were part of that time. And I think at the end of that class, I believe it was like, where do you see your life in six months? Or it was something like that. And that was one of the things I said, and I never thought I was going to move back home in Hawaii. But all that happened 
then and we're going to do it. So, hey, I will take all the blessings and mojo to sell this house. <laughs> you know, it goes on the market October 1st. <laughs> So if anyone's interested in Mary's home. <laughs> Very nice, Mary and Charleston. There was a, a, there was a self-serving element to that encouragement, Mary, which was to visit you in Hawaii. I know. And I said I was working on it. I just couldn't get you a beachfront home because I don't have, you know, eight to 27 million burning a hole in my yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that was, you know, that exercise at the end, if everything went as well as it possibly could, you know, what, what would my future include or what might it look like? Beautiful. Yeah. Mm, that phrase again, Maria, if everything went as well as it possibly could, what might happen next? What would that look like? I love the expansion into possibility there, Maria, like this opening space into that. Yeah. All right. So we're blessing Mary's move back home to Hawaii. What else are we wishing? Well, what else? Have we gotten here? I see V put my future search for a death doula course and research towards a cross country move to Colorado or Arizona. So moving all the way across country, V. We're blessing your move as well. Jane and Sarah, wedding planning. <laughs> I didn't know about that. Congratulations. We are certainly blessing that. Oh, you too. So beautiful. What else? I want to hear the voice of what else we're blessing here. Ellen, what are you blessing? I am blessing next chapters. I feel like we're really in a, a cleansing time, both globally and then also, I think, personally. So I'm blessing the next chapters. The chapters that aren't written yet. I'm blessing the next chapters. That's beautiful. And Mary, you wrote in that you're blessing the people in your life. Isn't it amazing on one piece of paper, like how much richness is within us? And Jenny, I'm so glad you brought forward that concept of the and, because here it is out on paper, right? All these things that are true at once. And I'm going to encourage you to do something with this as in a ritual, or a routine. Take this and do something with it. So when Susie originally taught me this concept, we would write these down on strips of paper and we would have bowls. One labeled keep, one labeled toss, one labeled add, one labeled bless. And we would add into those bowls over the period of a few days. And that was a beautiful way of giving ourselves the time and space to keep adding in to what we're tossing and blessing and then to do something with that. Meredith is the queen of sticky notes. She brought this to the world of sticky notes um, and she made a sticky note version of this. So I encourage you to consider what's your way of giving yourself the room and the respect to digest the fullness of what you've um, experienced and of the wisdom that you've gained in the last six months and the opportunity to release what you're done with, to actively toss the toss, whether that's putting it in the trash bin, whether that's throwing it in the river, whether that's burning it up in the fireplace, whatever that looks like for you. But to make a big deal out of this time and out of what's coming through you, to let yourself take up space. Yeah. So we said that this was a two-way Q&A, right? So I asked you what your warning label might be. And I also want to give you an opportunity to ask me any questions in case you've got anything lingering. This is an open book moment. So you can ask me questions about the podcast. You can ask me questions about anything else. So take a beat and think about that. Feel free to type it in if there's something you're wondering 
feel free to type it in or just pop in and, and share your voice. But I would love to hear what you're curious about. And I see Ginny typing, which has got me a little nervous. So I'm going to see. So while you're doing that, I want to give a shout out to the amazing team that makes the podcast possible. I am not a self-made woman. I am the result of a lot of women and a lot of people who have given me opportunities. I show up, I do the work every day, I'm making the decisions, but there's a team behind us. And so Ginny is our podcast producer. And I get no kickback for saying this, but if you are thinking about starting a podcast, I cannot say enough good things about her company, Ginny Media. If anyone's even thinking about it, she's got a free class online for what to consider before starting a podcast. So Ginny is our producer. Sarah, if you want to wave, our newly engaged Sarah, she is our copywriter. So she writes all the notes for every episode. So there's extensive show notes that come along with every episode. That So if you're looking for some specific part, it'll tell you exactly what minute we mention something important. We've got Ash over in England. So he's in a different time zone, but he's our audio engineer. And he makes the voice of me in my home bedroom closet right now during COVID sound professional and polished. And I'm very grateful for Ash. And then we have Hans over in the Philippines who makes our graphics. There is a team behind us. And I'm so thankful for that. So Ginny asked, let's see here. Oh, look at all the love coming in for Ginny. What's the greatest gift this podcast has given me? You. It's given me each of you. It's given me a reason to connect. And one thing that we credit the success of the podcast to is we are reflecting on it. We're culminating in almost a full year is I don't have to be the expert anymore that we believe that the success of the podcast is happening because we're listening. And so I have the opportunity to listen to more women and to ask questions and to hear what's important to you and then find the speakers that are able to speak to that topic or share what we have, you know, in our bank of knowledge that speaks to that topic. So the relief of no longer having to be a super genius or an expert with the master plan is tremendous for any recovering perfectionist. This is huge. I'll also say the title of the show really binds me to the truth of letting it be a little bit messy and not trying to overthink and overdo every episode. So I'll let you know that behind the scenes, I am uncomfortable with some element of every single episode that comes out because <laughs> there's some word or phrase where I think, shucks, I could have said that differently or, oh, if I had it this other way. And so the freedom to let it be both has been transformative. So I'm, I'm deeply thankful for being able to connect with you and for the stories you share with me. So I want to know from you, before we, before we wrap up here, what do you want next? What's a theme or a topic you would love for us to do an episode about or a speaker as you would love to have us land as a guest? Maybe this is somebody you know, you can put us in touch with them, or maybe it's somebody you don't know. There's magic in our team. I'll give you behind the scenes. We had a, a big goal to get Alicia Keys on the show, and we've been holding that in our hearts. And we are now in touch with two people who know Alicia personally. We're one step away, right? And that would be a big one if we could live into that. So I want to know from you, what would you love to hear a topic about next? Or what's something we already spoke about that you want more on? Rose Mercario is amazing to listen to. Thank you for that, Mary. Beautiful. So I'm writing that down. Ellen's taking notes on that. Charlene, the power of sharing our stories. Power of sharing our stories. Yeah. So feel free to keep writing those in. Martina, for maybe more writers, some fiction and some nonfiction. And Libby Moore. Ooh, 
Yes, the former chief of staff to Oprah. She's phenomenal. Thank you for saying that. I've heard her on some shows and she believes that the most important thing we could do is spend a lifetime honoring ourselves. She would be a great person to have on the show. Thank you for that. All right, so we're gonna wrap up the same way we wrap up every podcast episode. This is the final question we ask every guest and I would love to hear your answers. Based on what we talked about tonight, what is one thing that you know to be true? Even if other people disagree, let's go back to that concept of holy knowing. What is one thing that you know to be true? And if you're comfortable sharing your actual voice, please do unmute yourself. I'd love to hear it. Reading what's popping up. Charlene said, community is really important. Maria, we need each other. (laughs) Other, other. Yeah, we really do. (laughs) We need each other. My body knows said Siobhan, the needs for strong relationships. What a gift this hour has been for all of us. Thank you, Carly, for making it possible for us. My pleasure, Lakshmi. More of this. Mm. More of this. Sabrina, letting the truth come out, and I am enough, said Meg. Hell yeah, you are. V, the gift of sacred interruptions, and Charlene is pouring out gratitude. Well, I mirror that. So I'm going to make an ask. This is me going outside of my comfort zone. Here's my ask. If you're enjoying the show, would you leave a review on iTunes? That's the only platform that lets people leave reviews. Um, And then those reviews actually affect the way it shows up on, on a lot of platforms. So that helps us get in front of more women. Ellen, if you want to paste the way to do that in the comments, iTunes doesn't make it super clean and easy to do it. So she'll paste right now the exact way to do that. Or if you're ever wondering, shoot me an email or Ellen an email. Ellen, if you want to put our email addresses in there too, feel free to reach out and be in conversation with us more between now and the next podcast. And the last thing I'll say, the last piece of insider information is that we have been spending the last year working on the Boundary Academy which is going to be an at-home program for women to meet them exactly where they are and help you elevate your boundaries on your own schedule. And it's going to come out, fingers crossed, later this fall. It's going to be a go-at-your-own-pace resource guide that gives you the tools to implement boundaries and then the community of women who are also living into their boundaries to support you in doing that. And we're really excited about that. So I'll make sure that you know about that when it comes out for you know anybody who could use a little extra boundary brush up, I'm sure. Um, that would be helpful. I am thankful for you. May this be the beginning of the ongoing conversation. Let tonight be the catalyst for more opportunities for us to connect and for our next pajama party. And keep your requests coming. If you ever think of an episode, an idea, a speaker, something you want, we are all ears. We've got work to do and we've got joy to do. I say we do it together. Thank you, everybody. Have a nourishing night. Rest well. By golly, I am so glad that we recorded this particular podcast pajama party and were able to share some of the clips from it with you because so much happens in a short amount of time when we as women feel that we can speak freely because we're around other people that get it. So here's how we're going to take everything you just heard and make it stick. I want you to tell me right now, what is one thing that you never want to forget that you just heard? 
Maybe it's a word or a phrase or a concept that somebody shared, or maybe it's something that's bubbling up within you. Take that on over to iTunes or send me a message on social media or tag me if you're willing for it to be a public thought when you share this episode in a screenshot and make sure that we keep this conversation going. Remember, we have those two myths that we are finally breaking free of. The myth that we can't trust our own bodies and the myth that we need to go it alone. You thrive through nourishment, not punishment. Keep taking care of what you value, including your knowing, and I will see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Messy and Magnificent podcast and being part of this dynamic, life-giving community of women. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and me hanging out, sipping tea together, making sure that all women become richer, more nourished, and able to keep on rising. So I'll see you on the next episode next week. But in the meantime, don't forget to head over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast to get the full show notes. And I've also got some extra special free resources for driven women over there that you won't find anywhere else.